Welcome to Takes on the Pod. My name is Osai, and this is my podcast where I take on themes exploring culture, society, and the experiences of Africans in diaspora. On this episode, I'm sitting with Kweku Essien to discuss CISO Global. So we talk about the African property market, um, focusing on West Africa, and then we explore the opportunities available to us Africans in the diaspora, as well as some of the tools that CISO hopes to be able to provide and some of their strategy in terms of making um, access to those um, properties a reality for people, not just not just Africans um, like around the world, but I think anyone who's interested in making a life or making investments in Africa. I started doing this thing called Quick Takes, yeah. right? And basically, um, I'm just mentioning two things, and I want to get your thoughts on it. Yeah. You, you just picked one. That's it. You don't have to explain nothing, and then you know go from there. Uh, what sorry you pick I pick one, pick of, the one two. or two yeah so it's gonna be like Kweku or Kojo and, and I pick one yeah exactly. talk about it no well you don't want to talk about it just like you know you can or if not oh uh, okay yeah. it's like what Kanye was doing at the... uh, on uh, Drink Champs something like that okay, yeah, okay. yeah yeah so uh, Lagos versus Accra Accra so, uh, Magic versus Jordan Jordan Condor versus Duplex Duplex. Property versus resort. Uh, property. Bitcoin versus Ethereum. Mm, Ethereum. Twitter versus Instagram. Instagram. Meta or Web3? Web3. Matcha for the NBA finals. Um, go- Golden State versus Golden State versus the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> Quick, cool. Thank you. They know how to shine. No borderline in this life. Show love to the real one that run it up. When it's said and done, you got this heart of mine. My baby, keep it low when the boy got to run. Baby, grip it tight when she holding the gun. Baby, bring the fire when the party lose the sun. Boss up, cause baby, bring the sound. Baby, keep it low when the boy got So, I mean, how's your week been? Uh, all good, all good. Just uh, lots of uh, lots of work, uh, but uh, enjoying uh, sunny Toronto <laughs> as well. Uh, for, for those for, for those who get sarcasm, um, it's just cold in Toronto, and it's only getting colder, and we're losing more and more daylight. Yeah. So, um, I'm quick. Who's uh, very used to the Ghanaian uh, weather and climate, so yeah. uh, I'm sure this is a tough adjustment for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, this place was made uh, made for vampires in this period. Huh? Uh, but no, I love I love Toronto. I, I lived uh, lived uh, schooled here and uh, worked here as well for a long time. Mm. A very very beautiful city. 
very nice people. Just uh, just gets a little too chilly sometimes. Mm. A little too chilly. I, fair enough. I mean, especially for like six to eight months of the year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, so for you, you know, you know, going here, being a student, you know, international student, and working here, how do you end up transitioning back before we get into say so global? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I worked uh, for a family office here in in Canada. A great family it taught me quite a bit, uh, and they had. Uh, um, their origins were also from Kenya, and so we spent a lot of time there as mm. well, uh, uh, looking at different opportunities there in tech, infrastructure, uh, um, agriculture. Um, and it was a great time, and so it helped me understand, you know, as well, East Africa, which is, you know, East Africa is uh, definitely more developed uh, than, uh, than West Africa, right? Uh, and uh, in, a, in, a, in a few ways, they're ahead of the curve, you know, even with mobile money, Started off in Kenya, mm. go to Rwanda. Rwanda is a very organized country, very clean, very, very uh, 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 um, yeah, well organized. Uh, and so, yeah, a lot of these things sort of uh, um, accumulated together, and my my love for the continent uh, uh, sort of bloomed again. Mm. Kind of, it was not when you're younger, you really just want to get out of there. Yeah. Uh, but you find that you know we do have our blessings there on the continent. You know, and, you know, sun twenty four hours a day is, is a blessing in itself. You know find that as well people travel long distances to go to places for sun for the holiday right, right. we have that 24 7 right and so yeah so that's well, i guess one of one of the real reasons that i i decided to, to, to go back but uh um at the end of the day as well i think there's a lot of money to be made in the continent and so for those capitalists out there for those uh sharks out there <laughs> just uh, understand that as well that there's a lot of money to be made there it's important that you understand that there, there are opportunities there. And similar to the folks that understood similar what's happening in China or in India. Right. Uh, um, that's that's really where we are right now with uh, with the continent as well. Yeah, very very much feels like that, in, in especially in tech. Yeah. So and I think it's interesting, and we'll get into it a, a little bit later, but um, how you try to blend those together with your property. Because when people think property and real estate, they just think, you know, go to a, you know, find a real estate broker or something like that, or a real estate agent, and then you, you go get the property, right? And uh, even beyond that, it's top typically videos on um, YouTube channels where you're seeing all these beautiful properties and things like that. Yeah. Some of which CISO Global has sponsored, by the way, so uh, look out for that um, on your website. I think they have links and blogs and that, that kind of speak to a lot of the work project that they're working on. Yeah, we, we work with uh, a lot of great influencers. Uh, shout out to Wade Maya, Vanessa Kambi, uh, Tayorina, uh, Stephen Ndoku, Jasmine as well, uh, oh. Ms. Drew. Right. Uh, yeah. And if you're not up on all of these, these are literally the top real estate property youtubers in africa i mean i you know i don't i don't see too many people doing those kind of numbers um so so that's that's really really awesome opportunity right um africa is slowly developing i guess people are realizing that now more than more than maybe four or five years ago yeah. um and uh maybe just me but i don't hear people speak about these opportunities enough like mm. you know where, where how you can get a property and things like yeah. that and, and I, it makes sense right it's a little it might seem a little daunting it's even daunting here in toronto yeah. so uh i i can see the apprehension to that but um like I feel like the challenge is accessibility. So I'm just curious how you got into, like how you got 
this part of the business going so you know you worked with the family business before and you guys had um yeah. you know had i guess properties on, on projects around the world or in yeah. kenya um how did you start say so or how did you get involved with say so if you didn't necessarily start it yeah so i am a co-founder but i was a sort of part-time sort of co-founder really I right. the first year it was really uh, uh, started uh, sort of pushed off by uh, my two other uh, buddies, uh, Philip Jarman and um, Daniel Block, uh, uh, an American and a, a British citizen as well. Mm. And uh, I met Daniel about um, sort of two years prior to starting the company. Um, and at the time, he was working at the Ghana Lands Commission, him and a, a, a sort of a group of friends, uh, um, I sort of had gotten a grant from the the uh, um, from a foundation to really look at how to digitize the land registry using blockchain, which we'll probably delve into at some point. Mm -hmm. And you know, sort of met him randomly, really, uh, um, at a workspace my buddy owned in Ghana. Um, and at the time, I'd also been looking at a, a company in Canada called Terranet. You can Google it. Uh, essentially, every time you make a property transaction in in Ontario. Terranet is involved in it. They digitized the land registry here in Ontario. Oh, really? Yeah, and so I was looking at that uh, in, in my prior work, uh, sort of through my prior work, um, and looking to understand how we could implement that in Africa as well. And so Daniel really just overheard me because he also had researched the company as well. Right. There are not that many people Interesting. looking into this particular space. And so, yeah, we just connected over that. And so when he sort of, decided to pivot into Sesso, I was on board and my family also invested in, in the company as well on right. the onset. And then so they started off in South Africa and then quickly moved to Nigeria when they saw the opportunity there, mm. built it up. Uh, and then I came over sort of a year later and built up Ghana, lo looking at sort of their blueprint. And so right. we operate in both countries, as uh, Ghana and Nigeria. Mm. Uh, and then as well, we operate a little bit in, in South Africa as well, although that's more of a digital uh, business uh, over there in South Africa. Uh, okay, so I, I think that you're, you're talking towards the uh, the land registry and, and kind of yeah. working through that in terms of uh, blockchain. Yeah, so perhaps we yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, no, we'll go this later because okay, okay. that one I, I definitely yeah. want to get into. So, um, but just, just, you know, so... When I go to the website and for anybody, just check out CISO Global yeah. and the link is going to be in the bio. All that info is going to be there. Yeah. Um, one of the major selling points is trust, right? And yeah. to me, that was, I, you know, that was about, like, that was, that obviously caught my attention, but I thought it was also really smart because, like, what we were just talking about earlier, right? You know, people are, are, are not apprehensive about investing in Africa for yeah. multiple reasons, yeah. right? And, you know, some of them are fit, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so a big aspect of this is like we know that their business thriving and trying to attract people there, and despite you know some of the, our governments, um, you know there are real opportunities available to people there. So I think this idea of trust is um, makes sense because you know you're marketing to people all over the world, yeah. and um, because the product is in Africa, we understand what the challenges are. So how do you kind of look at that? How do you build trust? You know, and and I feel like all your three key products kind of reinforce that in some way. So yeah, yeah. can you just talk a little bit about that and, you know, let's go from there. Yeah, sure. So I'll, I'll 
so trust is you're exactly right, Keith. And trust is built over time. You know, to be quite honest with you, it's yeah. not it's not built in a day. Right. Um, and so uh, um, it's important. That's why we, we put on events. We, we show sort of our faces out there. We, right. We sort of uh, uh, market uh, sort of market ourselves and the property developers as well. But mm. um, really, it starts with our our vetting process for the the, the developments we put on our platform. Right. Mm. And so. With other um, um, websites, you find that anyone can list, right? And that's their business model. Anyone can list, and then they, they pay for marketing on their website, right? Um, um, which is which is fine to an extent, but the issue it causes is that, um, of course, there there are fraudulent people who can post on those websites as well, right? And right. mix in with the trusted parties in that, right? It's not like everybody who posts on those websites are untrustworthy, but they are mixed in with. Right. Love on trustworthy folks, right. right? And so we vet any developments that are put on our platform. We don't just list anyone. And so today we're working with about ninety-five developers, real estate developers between Ghana and Nigeria. So it's about fifty-fifty uh, each in, in, in both in both countries, um, and and about close to ten thousand units, right? And so these are properties ranging from any twenty-five thousand dollar plot of land, seventy by seventy plot of land, to a million dollar homes. Um, and so that vetting process really sort of starts 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 that sort of trust factor, mm. and from there, as a sort of a client comes through to work with us, we have agents both locally and also abroad who can call you and walk you through the process, take you through a virtual tour as well of of the site, um, and really guide you through that process. And we don't charge you for anything to do with that as well. We don't charge the customer. Uh, we make our money from the developers, right? right. And, and commissions from the developers, and so we are incentivized to ensure that, you know, you are satisfied, so that you will refer other clients to us as well, right? Uh, and then as well, you know, throughout that process, we also partner with some really credible law firms as well, who can do those extra vetting as well on the on on the on the developments, right? Right. Uh, because although we understand that we want to be that trusted sort of factor, we we also want to ensure that hey. Uh, 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 you have been able to do your own due diligence as well on this on this property, and we we sort of almost request and suggest that they, they utilize a lawyer for this as well, right? Um, and and the other factor is really the people that we partner with as well. So these developers as well have a lot of them have built a brand as well and have trust within the market. There are law firms that have trust within the market. We partner with some of the the largest banks, uh, Echo Bank, Republic Bank, Standard mm -hmm. Chartered as well. FCMB Bank, uh, um, as well, uh, 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 in order to sort of force, foster that trust, right? Mm. And so, that that's all a part of it. And the events that we do abroad, just to show our face, we did events in UK, in Toronto, right, in London as well. This is again all just to show our face, to show that we are trusted partners. We're we're being very transparent mm -hmm. with you about about any sort of opportunities, any issues as well that may arise. We'll be very honest with you about it. Right to ensure that you don't go through the mistake others have gone through in the past, who have, you know, uh, uh, gone through their family or friends or some unscrupulous agent, right, and then sort of been been scammed, right, right, and and obviously that like reflects poorly on on the countries and the continent, and like that's exactly what we're trying to avoid. Mm. Um, so just to understand, like, how would you classify the products that CISO Global says? Because you because you talked about a few things. You talk about how you're dealing with um. Um, the property owner or the property 
sellers yeah. as well as uh, the clients or, or people who are property buyers, essentially, yeah. right? Yeah. So how would you, I mean, is that essentially the business? Or, I mean, I know there's a CRM aspect of things and yeah. as well as um, the blockchain. So can you get a little bit about how you classify those products and maybe a little bit more on the blockchain piece? Aspect? Sure, 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 sure. So um, Seso is a B2B2C business, which means that um, at the core, our main client is the real estate developer. Right. Right. We are looking to bring them sales. Mm-hmm. We are looking also to provide them with a CRM platform that enables them to manage their developments, to manage their work processes much more efficiently as right. well. Uh, and so those are sort of the two main business models. And so we get paid from developers more than anything, right? So right. we get commissions from them. If we close a sale, they utilize our CRM as well. We get a licensing fee from them as well. Right. Right. And so at the core, they are our client. And similar to what Amazon does, right? Where the vendors are their, their really clients. their core clients, right? right? Uh, but in their job is to ensure that they can bring in the customers, right? And so that's why we do a lot of these videos as well. We do the events as well locally. Mm. And abroad, we're going to do more open house events as well, locally as well, to get people to the sites. We're doing these events abroad. We'll do web- more webinars as well, uh, which is an easy way to get people in. We're looking to do property tours as well, bring people into the country as mm-hmm. well. Right? And so these are all the marketing efforts that we, we're, we're, we're sort of putting to, we're sort of looking to work maybe with some more celebrities as well, as well to push some of these developments as well. This mm-hmm. is all in, in the plan. Right. Uh, uh, but you're, you're, as you, yeah, you mentioned, the core client is the development, the mm. developer. Uh, but in, in order to ensure the developer is happy, we need to ensure that the end customer, the buyer, is right. happy. Right. And right. So that's all part of it. I heard B two B two C business model is like the hack. It's like I feel like it's the most one of the more stable business models or, or something. Do you, have you have you heard that? Like, yeah. Well, to, yeah. Probably, probably it's like two. Maybe especially with uh, with the continent today, it's maybe easier in, in that way right. to like uh, um, to find yeah to find sort of people who are more incentivized. So right. like these developers are incentivized. And right, sort of it's it's like a virtuous cycle, right? I mean, it could be a vicious cycle in some cases, but when I think about it, like Facebook is a B two B two C company, right? Exactly. Like for example, like what they really care about their advertisers. Exactly. Like that's that's who the real customer is. You know, so I, I, when you start to think about it, you start seeing how, like, even Uber, same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but so talk, talk, talk about the marketplace a little bit, right? Because, I, I, you know, you, you say you have CRM there, but it, it seems like all of this kind of supports each other, right? And that's, yeah. I, that's, that was interesting to me, and that's why I'm bringing it up. Yeah. But um, talk a little bit about the marketplace. Yeah, so the marketplace, uh, um, one of the two products, so the mar- marketplace essentially i mean it's it's a simple enough marketplace because it's, you, you come on the site you can find properties between ghana and nigeria i would like uh I suggest people sort of go to the site and play around with it and yeah, yeah please suggest look. yeah suggest any any ways in which we can improve or or things that maybe we've done well that you like but we continue to iterate on it and so yeah on the site you can find properties between ghana and nigeria a few in south africa mm. we're not that that big there but uh, ghana and nigeria for the most part and you can click through uh, sort of search for a property you can then also sort of request for more information from which an agent will call you from there you can request a tour mm-hmm. uh, we can do virtual tours with you or of course escort you or a family member or friend to the site uh, as well you can request for a mortgage as well through our platform we have mortgage partners you can also request for a service as well uh, which includes you know uh, legal services uh, a valuer survey or property management services as well through mm-hmm. us right and so uh, essentially, what we've done for the customers created an ecosystem for them where 
they don't need to get out of that in order to get out of this ecosystem to complete uh, a property a property bill. purchase right yeah. and like one of the biggest things for me too is just like um and, and like the is is this idea of uh you know having property management you know getting a mortgage and things because that's a, another part too right um, when we are here in maybe Canada and possibly the UK, I'm guessing like you can just easily get you can get a mortgage, mortgage, and like mm-hmm. basically start the process there. Obviously, those financial institutions aren't tied in the same way, in, yeah. you know, back home in Ghana, Nigeria. So um, the idea that we you guys are able to provide those services as well is super attractive and and um, and kind of like makes a, a lot of like does a lot of the I think the selling work as well. Um, when I think about like just property management, all those kind of things, are those tied into the company or are those just like clear partners? Yeah, so for the for the most part, uh, um, we'd like to partner with, with institutions. They're, they're a good, you know, I guess the point of CESO is that we know that they are good, trusted service uh, sort of uh, uh, parties, you know, companies doing business in Ghana in the right. real estate space. Right. You know, whether you're a law firm, property management, developer, a bank. And so we want to bring those, those all together, right, in one uh, cluster. And so... Yeah, I mean, perhaps we could move into those spaces in the future, but sometimes it is beneficial to partner with people who've been in the game, have done it, and are doing it at a good level, mm. right? So that we can get the ball rolling quickly right. and provide that service to individuals, right? Again, it's what Amazon did. You know, they put everybody there, and then right. from time to time, maybe they'll pick things that they believe they can also sort of right. provide. And then if so, then then they will. And so that's probably what we'll, we'll be looking to do. Right, so it, it sounds like CISO Global is, a, is kind of like a pipeline. That's that's kind of what I I'm seeing, right? Because I'm I'm just kind of like a pipeline where you kind of help distribute marketplace. You're providing other things beyond just the marketplace itself, um, it, like that. Like I guess the logistics parts is kind of what Amazon is doing really well, and it seems like you partnering with the banks, these different uh, property managers and things like that. You are building that ecosystem, yeah. you know, not just essentially in the marketplace, but all around. That kind of makes. Um, any buyer feel a lot more comfortable entering the market. So exactly. it's super attractive, man. Um, and I'm just not just saying this because you know you're cool yeah, and stuff like that. No, no, I mean I'm not believing. Like that's that's why you're here. I'm curious about the blockchain. Um, you talk about land registry. How is the business different in South Africa compared to, you know, because uh, especially with the uh, with the blockchain aspect of things, how is it different, and and, and why are you guys approaching it that way? Sure, just... sure, sure. No, so the the CRM basically can be tweaked or modified in any way, and so that's really what's been utilized in uh, in South Africa. So in South Africa, we launched the first uh, blockchain based land registry uh, um, in South Africa, and um, uh, essentially, what that tool is used for is uh, is a CRM to manage the process for for individuals who own homes in South Africa but don't have legal title to them. So in South Africa, in a place called Kailicha near Cape Town, the government built out um, lots of homes for individuals there, affordable homes, right. but failed to give half the people there their legal title. And so individuals whose parents maybe own it but don't they don't have the legal title, right? And so because you don't have the legal title, you can't access mortgages, mortgages or financing, use that home as collateral to start a business, right? right? And right. So, which is the, actually the big issue across Africa, really, in general, right. Right, that people can't really capitalize on their land. And so the platform we built basically allowed individuals to input their information in, 
a lawyer will take that information and then take it to the the Cape Coast, uh, so the Cape Town, sorry, registry, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and sort of complete uh, um, the legal te- sort of legal t- uh, title te- mm-hmm. uh, sort of uh, application. And so we started about a thousand. We managed to uh, assist three hundred positively. We expanded to five thousand as well, wow. and we're looking to expand it further as well. And this was all funded to us by the uh, Oppenheimer Foundation and the Mastercard Foundation as well. Um, and so essentially that has now also been endorsed by the Cape Town government as well. So it's a registry, land registry product, right? And so it's something that we're also hoping to push a bit more into Ghana and Nigeria as well. Uh, but essentially the blockchain element of, of things, and I always stress blockchain is just a tool. You know, it's really just, it's not some Understand. magic silver, silver, uh, right. smart uh, contract. Exactly. But with blockchain, it's, it's about garbage in, garbage out. So if the information coming through, is not pure then sort of then it's pointless. exactly it's pointless so essentially what happens with with south africa is that once the lawyer has sort of gone through that process with the with the cape town uh, land registry and then legal title is provided that information is then hashed onto the blockchain right and so because that information is pure now because the yeah. cape town government again has, we fo- has approved yes yeah, right. approved it exactly right? right so that information is right there and so it cannot be uh, uh, sort of uh, uh, um, that information can be tweaked or modified in any any way, right? Right. Uh, uh, changed in any, manipulated in any any way, right? right? It's always there, right? And so similarly in Ghana and Nigeria as well, when individuals uh, do the due diligence on, on property on the land, the information that comes back to us, we hash that as well. Once they register the property in their name, we also hash that as well. Okay. And so as transactions are being made, we're building out a registry. I see. Uh, yeah. Okay. So let me let me just. And I'm going to ask some more stupid questions. Yeah, no, <laughs> but, no. Um, um, okay. Okay, I think I'm seeing the vision here. This, this is pretty cool. So, um, in Nigeria, there isn't that much issue in terms of the titles and stuff like that. So, you didn't need, that didn't need to be the forefront of, like, it, it didn't, I'm not, like, it sounds like with, uh, it sounds like it's being marketed in South Africa for good reason, right? Yeah. Like, obviously, there's a history, you know, and I think it's tied to racism, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> or, or that does matter, but we're not going to get into that today. Um, uh, so, so it seems like that you're you're providing a solution not just for the government um, themselves, but obviously for people who are looking to leverage the land that they own, yeah. right? And then, as you basically just work in, in Nigeria, that information is available. Why not just put it on the blockchain as well and grow your data registry, yeah. right? And then it brings me back to the company that you talked about right at the start. And was it Rem, um, Rem, the land registry company based on Terranet, right? So now brings me into that with this idea that like now Ciso Global basically is building this database yeah. where you can effectively list houses and it's now you know not only just secured but it's secured by the blockchain as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I will say this though: what we did in South Africa, we would love to do actually in Ghana, and Nigeria right, as well. Right. Uh, and uh, we did get grant financing for that in South Africa. And so perhaps anyone who hears this, we would love to do similar in in, in Ghana and Nigeria as mm. well. And, we would love to work with the governments on it as well and push this as well there. Right. But so it, why why hasn't that happened yet? Well, I, I'll say this: it's it's never too easy to work with uh, 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 to sort of find the right partners in government to push this through. And so, I, I, in anyone in government who sort of hears this and wants to push it through, please reach out to reach out to me for sure. Uh, but I'll say this: I will also take take a sort of step back and look at it in the government side as well, perhaps right in terms of. And the fact that we are we are sort of a startup as well, and so sometimes you know you might wonder, hey, can we do we have the capabilities to get this done? And so that's why it's important to just 
stay in there and sort of keep doing the work as mm. well. And then you so perhaps the government then comes in to support or just comes in to cut the ribbon. It doesn't matter to me, to be honest with you. Uh, 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 either way, as long as it's a go. Yeah, right. either way, as long as the government comes to endorse it, right. I'm fine, right? And so Fair enough. It, it is certainly something we want to do that. But I, I'll say this in terms of, yeah, what we are doing. So uh, uh, in Canada, what they did was the traditional method, which is you go to the government registry and you digitize the records that they have there. Mm-hmm. And this is easier in a country like uh, even it was just done in ontario it's not even done it's just ontario but it's easier to do it in a country like this which does have you know proper records as well right uh um, but even then it costs um uh is it 300 million or 800 million i I can't remember the number now but it costs the astronomical i think it was 300 million dollars to to sort of do this in ontario are you serious yes just in ontario right jeez um, and so when you think about when you think about that number, just try and extrapolate that for the, the rest of the content. This is something that Right. Okay. And that's where it's not it's smooth. It's not gonna be easy, right? So there's gonna be I feel like the infrastructure is not there for it to so if you're spending three hundred million where it is and if everything is kinda of set up. Yeah. It, I can imagine it being significantly more when that's not the case. Exactly. And to be honest, there is no digital registry in the United States or in the United Kingdom as well. It's mm-hmm. really just Canada and I think Australia have been able to do it as well. Interesting. And then maybe I think Lebanon as well. So there are a few countries that have done this, right? Perhaps there are countries I forgot, perhaps some in Asia as well. But there are a few countries that have been able to properly digitize their registry. Because it's, I mean, to be honest, like getting records from way back when to now, it's not easy. It does cost quite a bit, as you can see, even in Ontario to do uh, as well, right? And so day forwarding, uh, 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 which is the concept that I mentioned here, which is as transactions are being made, you log the trans- you log them onto the, the blockchain, um, just ensures that it's a cheaper way to do it. It's just uh, uh, you're doing it as people are transacting, all right? So you're also affecting the most commercially viable land as well, right? right. Uh, um, and building our registry through that. There are fast, maybe ways in which you can do it a bit quicker. We are looking to work with some chiefs as well in Ghana as well. And then also if possible, you can work with the governor's office as well to do this. But it's easier if you can incentivize people to come and register their own property or someone who's looking to purchase a property to come and register it, right? And uh, a, a good way to incentivize them is to tell them, hey, if you were to register your land properly, you may be able to access like a loan or a mortgage or something like that. Mm. When you put that into the head that I can make money off my land if it's properly registered, I think a lot of people would even sort of voluntarily do that, right? Mm. Uh, but today, most people believe that if they do it, they're going to be taxed, which is probably right, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, right, so that's kind of the challenge. Yeah. Oh, so that's what kind of would incentivize people not to do it. Yeah. Are there any reasons why a government would not be incentivized to do it? No, no, no. Governments are heavily incentivized to... Well, I'll say this. It depends on... Non-corrupt governments? Maybe? Yeah. No, no, no. It, it, so, so let me say this. So there are two fronts. The government is filled with different sort of uh, individuals. You can say perhaps some individuals at the, at the registries right. are not incentivized to do it because they make money off of the ineff- inefficiencies In- of, right. of the registry. Right. But if I was someone at the Ministry of Finance, right, I want to know... Who owns what in every land because it makes it easier for me to tax them. Right. Right. And so different levers are invested in different things. So you're right. right. Some places, maybe they don't want to do anything at all. They're okay with 
right. things are. Right. And I guess, like, you know, to your point, maybe it's not the whole government. It just really depends on the nature of the person in charge. Yes. Right? Yeah. So, it could be somebody at a low level messing it up for everybody or somebody at a high level messing it up for everybody. Gotcha. Nigeria, Ghana, and um, South Africa. You seem to be in the most popular cities in those countries. Makes sense. Um, yeah. uh, one, what does expansion look like for you? Is it expansion within these countries? Is it expansion to other other countries? Um, what does that look like in terms of you know growth and opportunity? Yeah, hundred percent both. So uh, in in I said we have ninety five developers we're working with. We want to expand that to about three hundred. In, in both countries mm. um, um, and then as well we, we do want to expand in South Africa as well quite a bit South Africa doesn't need our solution as much it is a much more mature market but there are areas that are of key interest to us in terms of you know listing right. units there as well and we do believe in the opportunity of inter-Africa trade as well so individuals buying like a Nigerian buying properties in South Africa right. and vice versa as well right. Um, and we are looking at Kenya as well, very heavily as well. You, you are right in terms of the countries we, we looked at and picked. Ghana, Nigeria are the top two in terms of remittance. Mm. Diaspora is a big part mm. of the clientele right. we look at. Right. Kenya is number three. South Africa is number four. Right? And so those nice. are the countries with, uh, with, uh, with a lot of money coming in. About $48 billion comes to Africa every year in terms of $48 billion comes, comes to Africa every year in terms of remittance. And half of that goes to Nigeria. Uh, right. so, I know, yeah. so I know why you picked Nigeria, Ghana. It makes sense. We do also want to go into the Francophone as well, Senegal, Ivory Coast as mm. well. Uh, those are two countries we're, we're very interested in as nice. well. And then, and then, yeah, just try and expand. What does, um, and this might be a more geeky question, but, but um, what does expansion look like uh, uh, inside a country versus breaking into a new country? Um, because like, like, you know, are you doing that at the same time? I mean, I guess you probably have to, right? Yeah. But, um, what does that look like? I'm just curious myself. Yeah. 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 So, you know, it's in breaking into the, the space, it does take you through, there's a formula. Maybe you, you start to, uh, uh, form as you build it up, but typically you find that, um, you know, the best way is to find one or two large customers. So, so customers with a, a lot of, uh, um, uh, units. So there are a lot of master plan estates. So there's Echo Atlantic in Nigeria. There's mm-hmm. uh, just called Choice Estates as well. Uh, Mixta. These are large massive develop- developments. Mm-hmm. Similarly, Ghana, Polonia, uh, mm-hmm. Reggie Manuel. So once you get some of these large anchor customers, it then sort of makes sense to then invest your time and resources into building out a team for the country as well, right? Right. So that's how we did it in both Ghana and Nigeria. Typ- typically, that's how what we do as well in these other countries. I mean, in expanding, expanding is, is just through uh, a, a sort of, a, um, it's a few fold, obviously through references from banks and whatnot right. as well. And just doing what you just, you, you were doing before, which is sort of reaching out to some of these guys. And then also marketing as well, having in the, uh, developers reach out to you as well. Mm. And then making sure you're vetting them, ensuring that they're the, they're the right uh, uh, sort of right. level, right? Yeah. But yeah, there are a lot of developments opening up, Ghana and Nigeria for sure. There's a lot of money pumping into that space uh, and so new developments pop up uh, quite quite often i guess the 
ultimate goal would be to be all over Africa in some capacity. 100%. We're global. Companies got successful global. We hope hey, to be hey, global. Hey, hey. This is uh, true. Quick to this Latin America. Because the solution can be used anywhere. Anywhere. Yeah, right. it makes sense. Really. We can't actually. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, so um, I have to ask this, right? Because, you know, someone's listening to this and they're like, everything is perfect. It's awesome. All it's the all solutions good. are it's here. It's awesome, right? Yeah. But, yeah. you know, there has to be challenges. And yeah. for, you know... Uh, now your job is to provide challenge um, to 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 figure out those challenges for your customers, which is awesome, right? Yeah. Um, but what are the challenges you guys um, have in just in terms of, um, you know, you might have already touched on some of these things before, but you know, what are some of the challenges that you have? You know, breaking into these places. What what are you paying attention? What are you hoping the future partners and and you know investors or banks um, can provide in a way that's um, you know that yeah. can help move forward. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think probably one of the bigger issues for sure is the mortgage market in in, in both countries, right? Um, but I'll say this, you know, in terms of, you know, issues and problems and challenges, you know, if there weren't any problems, I wouldn't be sitting here, right? So I am the day, there definitely are issues, right? Uh, uh, but they can be solved, right? Man-made problems can be solved by man. Right. Right. Uh, um, but I'll say this, so the mortgage market is, is quite small. So the U.S. mortgage market is about fifty percent of GDP. The United States GDP, right? It used to be seventy percent before the crash, right? At the height, wow. right? In Ghana and Nigeria, each it's one percent, right? So it's it's nothing, right? It's minuscule, right? And there are a lot of issues with that. Obviously, the land registry is an issue there uh, 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 with the registry, and that really has bled into this because it makes it quite hard to de-risk a mortgage uh, um, when you can't understand uh, um, um, whether or not uh, that there's legal title on this. And so mm. the risk level on, on these mortgages are quite high, that which makes the interest rates quite high, right? And so interest rates in, in Ghana, for example, are 15% on the dollar. Um, and don't take it if you're not making any, do- making any <laughs> money in dollars. And, uh, and then... Um, 25 to 30% on the, on the city, right, the local currency. Right, so uh, crazy, crazy high, right? Uh, we are looking to solve this though uh, um, uh, um, with, with the banks, but we're starting initially with, uh, with a, a diaspora mortgage. So a mortgage targeted towards diaspora, but in any individual abroad will be able to, uh, will be able to attain this mortgage. Right? This right. is something we hope to launch with, the, with a few banks uh, uh, sometime early next year. Mm. Uh, um, that would give us sort of, uh, uh, sort of perhaps mortgages at eight nine percent, uh, which is still high compared to what is here, but still very very low. Right. Uh, and so this be thirty year loans, uh, sort of twenty twenty to thirty year loans, eight to nine percent. You can get up from one hundred fifty thousand to a million baht or so. That would greatly solve a lot of issues, especially with folks in the diaspora. And even Af- for example, African Americans can't get a mortgage in Ghana now because they only give mortgages to individuals. Ghanaians or people with of Ghanaian descent, right, right, and similar in Nigeria, right, and so you find that if these solutions were were provided, it would make it very much more easier for developers as well to build out, build out units, uh, more confident about building out more units as well, which is also another issue. There isn't, I think, enough variety, enough supply, right? Mm. Uh, for example, uh, um, there isn't enough beachfront properties in Ghana in particular, but even in Nigeria. I know there are a few that have come up. Echo Atlantic, obviously, Landmark uh, are doing some stuff as well. But there isn't 
we have a lot of coast we don't see enough of it right people living by the coast which is yeah. very it's so funny um one of the you and i was uh talking about that recently and he's like that's a huge difference between west and east africa that they take complete advantage you can almost walk right into the into into the coast but it doesn't exist in the same way for 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 us here so uh, is that a, is that an opportunity for developers f- per se to you know or are there real challenges and that's why that's not being taken advantage of yeah 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 so so also, and that video was sponsored by Cecil. Right? Shout out. <laughs> Shout out literally Cecil. watched that earlier this week yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um but uh yeah that is a massive opportunity and i don't the, the answer is maybe i don't know it's, it's a bit hard because um maybe there are some uh, um, historical issues to that people wanted to live closer to airports than, than by the water or maybe it's you know that slave trade but it doesn't matter yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that was also a big big part of it for sure uh, uh perhaps the, the coast was uh, uh but as well like but I'll that say, is changing. It is. It is changing. Yeah. So I'll say this. I'll say this. Obviously, at the coast, usually, especially in Ghana, lots of fishermen as well, especially in the capital as well. Mm. But there's a lot of coast outside of that, right? right. And uh, um, the issues with with land, especially on the coast, has been ownership. Right? Who owns the land? Right? Mm. So, for example, in Ghana, um, in Ghana, governments can own land, chiefs can own land, families can own land, companies can own land. Now, where you typically have an issue is when families own land. Because a family is not just one person. It's right. a period of different people. And so one person could sell the plot property and say, I'm family. The other person can sell the property. I'm family. And so it causes an issue right. where there are multiple owners of right. a piece of land, right? Right. And so it, 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 can, it can send you, it can take you, you know, sort of, th- that's where litigation uh, issues happen, 10-year litigation issues wow. happen as well, right? Right. And so a lot of that has happened to the coastal land in Ghana. I'm not too sure about Nigeria. But I'll say this. The opportunity, though, is uh, in terms of building out coastal homes across Africa, across Ghana especially, but even across Nigeria as well, mm. is, is a fewfold because of the fact that there is now a big um, influx, I think, of African-Americans who want to come live on the continent. Right? Mm. And a lot of them don't know or don't have any affinity to the capital right right typically a lot of people have built for Ghanaian or nigerian diaspora so these diaspora want to live in the city they want to live close to family close right. to the, you know like right they want to live close to the city they are not really thinking about living uh by the coast and certainly if the coast is outside of the city and not provision for it then yeah. it's not exactly yeah. right and so the opportunity though is 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 for uh, to, to target African Americans who want uh, perhaps a mid luxury estate with a lot of sort of the few quirks so like a, a supermarket maybe a little clinic obviously the amenities like a pool of, of court mm. uh, and stuff like that but then as well the beach right, right? Uh, because for them when they envision Africa that is the the positive vision that they have in their head right mm. to live in a lush green area right surrounded by sort of sun happy people sort of good internet good good power and then the beach right right and so if you can provide that product to individuals uh, um i i think you can then even start creating communities within those areas right mm. you know you go to like you go to a resort in mexico or, or and these can be res- residences plus resorts is what i'm also saying right mm. so they could have nice restaurants as well right maybe with a park by it as well if there's enough land there but you can create destinations where mm. people want to be there want to live there and also want to come and uh, vacation there right mm. and so that that is the opportunity because 
maybe we think too much about the capital because we are from there but you know you find that people going to mexico or tulum right. tulum is not uh, it's not right. a sort of mexico city right? right people go there right and so you can create those destinations within uh, our, country, our country right where yeah. people know this is an area for you know a certain type of fun a t- certain type of lifestyle you can it can either be to retirees or you could say young individuals as well people right. want to work from home right right and so you can target different groups right across mm, that's true and that that number is probably expanding every day as we you know kind of deal with this whole remote life remote uh, work uh situation absolutely there's two trillion dollars that african americans spend every year right and you think about just a little slice of that going into any any one country right it's a big deal that's significant <laughs> especially if it's passing through say so global <laughs> it, it better yeah <laughs> um how yeah, so I, honestly, I think I think that's it, man. Like uh, you, you've been great. Uh, like you're just sharing everything, and I can tell you love talking about this. Like yeah, <laughs> it's awesome. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I mean, do you have any, I guess, final message or or uh, to to anybody who's listening and looking to invest or considering, or mm-hmm. whether you're going back home, whether you just want to, you know, invest and you know, uh, invest in a rental property. Um, what's your message to you know anybody here Toronto Canada in Canada the US UK you know right now yeah yeah no, so I, I, again thank you for having me uh, as well and you're right I do like to, to talk about this because to be honest with you I view it as the biggest opportunity right it's the biggest problem but I think the biggest opportunity there are trillions of dollars of trapped capital within our land you know the continent is probably probably the, uh, the biggest continent, right? Uh, you can fit in yeah, China. You can like fit land, in, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can fit in the United voice. States. You can fit in all of Europe all yes. at once, right? Yeah. There's a lot of land there. There's a lot of wealth within that land, you know, right. and, and it's not being utilized. And so uh, I think it's important that uh, individuals sort of view that almost in a, in a way like uh, right. they view Bitcoin, you know, in the right. sense that right. this is going to grow. This The value of this is certainly right. not going to falter. Right. We've come out of whatever sort of I think stage we're at as a continent. It's important to understand, uh, um, you know, we were colonized uh, sort of by, by individuals. And a lot of that cost, a lot of stress along right. the continent. We are new de- democracies that came out of that. Right. You know, some of them obviously uh, had false starts, but I think what's right. happening right. across the continent is that, you know, there is a steady amount of stability across it for the most part. There is a much more educated mass as well of, right. of individuals in the in the continent but in as well outside of that as well who are now going yeah, yeah. in and out exactly right. right and it's it's easier now to understand what's going on in the yeah. continent right? Right. whether with youtube or even just talking to your friends through the internet or whatever as well right, right. and so this this cannot and will not die right and so and it's important to understand that you know, the continent is also becoming you know a cultural haven as well mm. we see with music, with movie, and everything else. Right. And so I think this is where it's going to be at, you know, yeah. to be quite honest with you. Uh, um, and uh, 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 although, like I said, I love Toronto, I love Canada, I right. think that, that is where I would put most of my, my mind, my uh, uh, my resources, right. if I was if I was a betting man. Right, right. right. I mean, look, man, you make a good argument. I got to <laughs> I gotta tell you, you make a great argument. Um, you know, it does feel like, it does feel like crypto. It feels like, it's early. It feels like, you know, it's going to keep going up. And I do think that with the growing population of the world, with, you know, overpopulation in different places, especially the capitals, places that make money, access to remote work, um, I do see that, you know, it makes a lot of sense to have property somewhere um, in, somewhere in Africa in the future, especially, the you know, uh, three of the most popping countries, you know, 
it's it's, it's a start you know so um i'm super excited for you man and uh you know i'm looking forward to see where this goes hey cheers thank you very much yeah thank you man yes. You can write to me at two takes on the pod at gmail.com. It's probably easier to follow me at two takes on the pod on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok now. Yep, I'm out there. You can leave me a DM and I'm looking forward to hearing your take, especially on this topic. Don't forget to support the show so you keep getting quality conversations like this. Give me five stars across the board and leave a like on your streaming platform of choice. And of course, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. This has been Two Takes on the Pod, and thank you so much for listening. Peace.